Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants ice cream for dinner? <laughs> All of you. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Best like, mom again now. We're going to Disney, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. My turn. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. Thank you, Tanisha, for saying that Meredith and I are the most beautiful women on the entire face of the planet. We feel the same way about you. We do. We do. And we're up for an Emmy this year (laughs) for the podcast, just so you know. (laughs) Globally, it's been number one for 800 weeks. It's got to be illegal to lie like this every week. (laughs) It's subliminal messaging. I'm your host, Meredith from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need, so any advice we give you can take or leave because it might be a steamy pile of crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we are talking about uh, a group of 12-year-old girls who were quote-unquote strip-searched at a New York middle school, sparking joy by tidying up with Marie Kondo and getting your life right, and the biggest fights you have with a spouse after the baby is born. Yes. Uh, Can't wait. I know. Before we get into the topics, let's tell everyone how they can win the opportunity to remotely co-host the season finale with us, as well as receive some awesome Grove Collaborative and FabFitFun prize packs. It's easy to enter our co-host contest. Just go download the podcast every week and listen for the secret code word through the first 15 episodes. Text the secret code word, then reply with your email address and like Filter Free Parents on Facebook. You have seven days after the episode is released to enter. Every week is a new chance to enter. Every time you enter is another chance to win. All of the contest rules can be found at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. This episode's code word is popsicle. From the U.S., text popsicle to 44222 for your chance to win. From Canada, text popsicle to one five eight seven eight zero zero four three two three for your chance to win. Let's open the show with a mom fail moment. We are here because we've all struggled as moms, and anyone who says that they haven't is a liar face. All right, so it's your turn. Oh, I think that this mom fail is not really funny, but it, I felt like a failure after it happened. Um, my... The other day, I just, I was having really bad anxiety and there was a lot happening at once, like innocent stuff. Like Chloe was screaming and chasing a balloon and Aubrey was like, watch me do a cartwheel. And my husband was like, babe, babe, did you get dinner? Da, da, da. Everybody was talking at once. And then my son comes up to me and was like, mommy. And I just snapped. Yeah. I lost it. And sadly, my poor son was on the receiving end of it. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't have this many people talking to me at once. Why do you guys da 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 just like really irrational? And my son's face just like turned to like sadness and confusion. Like his eyes got really big when I snapped, like it scared him. And then he got, it's making me sad to think about it right now. Yeah. But we've all been there. We've all done that. And the problem is when you have that many people 
talking to you at one time and all of the things that are going through our brains, it sounds like you're in a football stadium with 60,000 fans. Yes. Except they're not fans. They're people who are booing at your life and you're like, oh dear Lord. Yes. But that's what it feels like, right? It's completely and utterly overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I, I don't even think I could count on my hand how many times I've had that moment. Thank you. And you reel it Thank back you, in. But I've had that. I'll have to tell this one next time. But I've got a great mom fail that includes a penguin. <laughs> what? And let's just say he could never fly again. Okay. So we'll save that one. I mean, but, that sounds intriguing. But yes, but I feel you. And just so you know, absolutely you aren't alone. And I bet you everybody in here that is watching live today would agree. Thank you. That makes me feel better. I apologized um, immediately after and told him that it wasn't him. It was me. But I just have that image of his face in my head. And I feel so bad. I wish I wasn't like that sometimes. But that's how you know that you are a fantastic number one globally rated mom. <laughs> Thank you. Because you 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 caught it. Yeah. Right. And then you backtrack and you're like, burp, burp, OK, yeah. <laughs> who wants ice cream for dinner? All of you. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Best like, mom again now. We're going to Disney, guys. Right. <laughs> oh, annual passes. <laughs> what? Oh, I was not expecting that. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, but that's well, that's what this is. Oh. Right. And that's why it's it's freaking hard to be a mom. Yeah. But yeah. So we feel you, girl. We uh, do. Oh, thank you. All right. Do you have a joke for me? Yeah. It's um, so funny. I bet. It's terrible, but go ahead. What did the ski hat say to the ski scarf? I I don't know. You you hang around while I go on ahead. <laughs> That's so terrible. It's not though. The hat on a head right and he said it to the scar yeah that's funny it's hilarious okay so i don't know if you heard uh or saw online about what we're about to talk about tiffany because i did not share this with you first mm -mm, no um but i was unbelievably outraged and had a visceral reaction to this story so there is a middle school in new york it's called east middle school and they allegedly strip-searched four 12-year-old girls who were suspected of drug possession. What do you mean by strip-search? Um, I'm going to get there. I can't wait. Okay. So an assistant principal and nurse at East Middle School allegedly forced four 12-year-old girls to strip down to prove they weren't carrying drugs. The students made, administ made administrators suspicious by appearing hyper and giddy during their lunch hour. <laughs> Let's remember okay. that this is freaking middle school oh my gosh. and these are 12 year old girls okay not to not to say that they weren't acting odd but i have never seen a middle schooler who wasn't acting odd right um statements against uh this act included that the children were instructed to remove their clothing and felt ashamed humiliated and traumatized by the experience so let me ex let me explain it because i i i've been following this story since it came out and I have been watching the organizations that are that have been chiming in on it. So basically what happened was uh, these girls were being a little rambunctious during lunch hour. A teacher called an administrator and was like, I think something's going on with these four girls. They need 
Somebody needs to talk to them. So an administrator came into the lunchroom, picked them up, took them to the nurse's office. As an ex-school employee, mm-hmm. um, I'm not exactly sure on what you are allowed and are not allowed to do, but if you, what I, we were always told, if you suspect drugs or anything like that, you call the resource officer. The resource officer then probably has to call parents, do other things before you're actually allowed to search or look at a kid. I don't really know what the rules are. I'm, I, I'm just saying mm-hmm. there's, pro- there's protocol and what you can and cannot do with a child. These are 12-year-old girls. Right. 12-year-old African-American girls. Okay. Oh, they were African-American? Yes, from East oh. Middle School. So what what the girls stated happened was they took them into the nurse's office and they started asking them to take articles of their clothing off to see if they had drugs on their body. The girls ended up being searched. One of them was down to her bra and underpants. No way. The second and third girl were down to a bra and a pair of leggings. Because you have to remember, too, that this is um, wintertime up north. So they've got, like, pants, then leggings, then whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so girl two and three were down to a bra and leggings. Girl four refused the search. Said, Good I'm, for her. I'm, yeah, I'm not taking off my clothes. Good nope. for her. They immediately gave her in-school suspension. Wow. Right? And then they finished. Mind you, they found no drugs. They found nothing on these girls, but claimed that they needed to do that search to make sure that medically they were safe because safety was their first concern. So they did not notify the parents prior? No. Then then they notified the parents. The girls were like, they, you know, they made us take off our clothes. Um, we were down to our... And think about being 12 mm-hmm. and being told by an administrator and a nurse at your school that you need to take your clothes off and be searched. Yeah, that's incredibly uncomfortable. And and now three out of four, that's 75%, right? I think. Did it. Which raises another question. Mm. Would my kid, who we've had this conversation over and over and over again with, would my kid let an administrator do that? Would she say, okay, and take off her shirt and, right. and be standing in her bra? Because we've always had the conversation, mom can see you naked? The doctor can see you naked. Um, you know, mom or dad, a parent. Nobody else gets to see you naked. Nobody at like you have to come to us. You you know what I'm saying? And would they would they let them because then it's a person of authority. Exactly. Would they say, oh, OK, I'm supposed to do this right. because I would have instructed my child to absolutely not do that. Mm. Don't take off. No. If an administrator asks you to pull your pants down or pull your shirt up. No. I'm going to call. I need to call my mom now. Yeah, that's very confusing because, like you said, you're instructed to respect authority. And so as a kid, I feel like I would have done it without question because I'm like, I'm supposed to. This is an adult. You know what I mean? Right. So at a safe place. It's not like an adult on the street. It's my school. So, of course, this goes like wildfire on social media. The school comes out and says we did not do a quote unquote strip search. Right, because they're saying it wasn't to the skin. But a bra and panties for a 12-year-old child, right. absolutely, is this is wrong on so many ways. The parents have been coming in in droves to support these girls. They've had several school board meetings. Um, we They were waiting to see what was going to happen government-level-wise, right, inside of the state of New York. And and as of yesterday, this, this story is about, I want to say it's around 14 days old. Yesterday or the day before, the governor... Um, the governor Cuomo, Governor Cuomo in New York, called the Board of Education and said, you need to go down and investigate. Mm. If this is what happened, this is absolutely not what protocol is. Of course, the students 
health and well-being should be first and foremost. And if you thought something was going on, then you you need to do what you need to do and call the parents and check it out. But under no under no circumstance should you be should you should be searching those kids in that capacity of having a shirt off or pants down. And just to explain my reaction when you said that they were African-American, I can just see it's one of those things where the comments are going to be like, would they have done this if the girls were white? Because that's the way the world works. They always have to bring racism into it, even if, you know, it might not necessarily have something to do with it. So I I can imagine the kind of uproar that there would be about this. And there was a hashtag that went after this story, and it was hashtag... Um, believe black girls Mm. because these girls were like this is what happened it's not okay and you need to believe us and absolutely we need to believe them this is never okay I wouldn't want my son to pull his pants this is not just is it a girl was this because it was a girl thing either I don't want any of my kids thinking they have to go into a school and pull their pants down or pull a shirt up to be no if a police officer is going to search my kid call me I will come down and I will help you out because if my son or my daughter is doing something they shouldn't I'm gonna be right there I'm gonna help you out okay we'll figure it out but you don't do this with Without a parent here you don't do this you're not a police officer these this was an assistant principal and a nurse and this goes back to the reason in the beginning they were hyper and giddy during lunch hour yeah who isn't who i food okay please i was having professional arm wrestling contests at my lunch table every day like well, it was time to play school. this is middle school am i in trouble no i think i don't know i think that was calmed down on my part but i get i'm riled up <laughs> I'm riled up, man. <laughs> this was a, this is this is intense. So to me, I was just like, Mm-mm. so what I thought we could do was maybe take a caller mm-hmm. to see if anybody has had a situation. Um, I'd be shocked if somebody had a situation like this. Well, I don't know. Maybe something like this at the school where they were like, why didn't they call me? Um, or maybe somebody who thinks it's OK. Or somebody who thinks it's OK. Yeah. Do you think that they should be allowed to search them in this capacity? Um, because I don't, but I, but, but, but I'm open to other, well, we can totally listen in we, for sure. Just call so we can tell you you're wrong. <laughs> just <laughs> call kidding. in, just call, but, but, that, but, but yeah, cause we had an instance, um, we had an instance, uh, last year where my kid was hit and, uh, what? busted his lip at school <gasps> and nobody called me. I got him into the car and he goes, mom, look. And he pulled his lip down and his tooth went through his lip. No. Mm -hmm. And they never called me. He got hit in the lunchroom. Did you turn the car around? I did. Okay. I turned, I, I, you turned. And then I was in with an administrator and, and school was already closed and I was banging on the door. So yeah. So to me, uh, you should always call the parents first, no matter what. Why would you not? Do you know what I'm saying? Even at my kids, like, daycare. They're like, hey, your son fell and bumped his elbow. Just wanted to give you the heads up so there's no surprises. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Right. Because they know that I would panic. Well, these are our kids. Yeah. When when are we not? Did he tell somebody that it happened? Maybe they didn't know. He went to the nurse. Oh. Because he needed to get, he was bloody. Do you think he told the truth? Uh, Yeah, he did. He told them what happened. And they still didn't call. Nobody called. (sighs) So, and then I got there and I, and they were like, well, what happened was, what happened was you didn't call me and my kid got popped in the face in the lunchroom 
And they're like, well, the kid got in, in school suspension. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Why didn't anybody call me when my kid got popped in the face? Okay, question. While yeah. we're waiting for a caller, yeah. it says here that the district administrators are trained to monitor and evaluate students to monitor behavior that's out of character. Um, and it says it may require removal of bulky outside clothing to expose an arm so that vitals like blood pressure and pulse can be assessed. I would assume that means take off a jacket maybe so yeah. you can put a blood pressure cuff on. So, but then it also says there's a lot of misinformation on social media. Mm-hmm. That's why they're doing the investigation. Got it. But the girls are saying this is exactly what happened. Is the school denying it? The school says they just keep saying there was no strip search. Huh. So, which makes it, makes you question again, what, what's your definition of strip search? And because, why would they lie? And Right. And why would they lie about that? Right. So we have Tara... On the from, phone. From where? From Pennsylvania. Oh, I thought it said That's right. I thought it said penis, too. <laughs> I, we're going to need to work on this penmanship. Oh, she said one bonus, kiddo. Yeah. So, hello. So, hi, Tara from penis. I mean, Pennsylvania. How are you? You got it. <laughs> hey, ladies. I love you both so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, thank thanks. you. Thank you. What, so, what, do you, what was your situation? Or, or do you want to just chime in on this? Uh, well, I, so it's interesting. So I haven't had um, our kiddo go through this, but um, I remember, it's funny, I was listening to you guys, and I remember when I was a kid in elementary school, they had us go through something like this. They made us like go into the nurse's office, and they were like, okay, we're going to have you stripped down and like check you for polio. And the oh, nurse yeah. was there and present for it and everything, but I was kind of having like flashbacks as you were talking. And I'm like, you know, looking back, that was a very uncomfortable situation. And, you know, no one had cell phones or anything back then. But I mean, thinking back to it, I definitely would have, you know, wanted to, I don't know, like if I could have reached out to my mom and, you know, reach out to a parental figure, definitely would have wanted to check in and, and check with someone else to, you know, is this check okay? in with, with our, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, is this something I should be doing? Right. Um, this is eye opening for me because I haven't had a conversation like this with any of my kids. So. I think it's very important that, and I, we've been doing this for years with our kids. Only certain people are allowed to see you. Bit, you know naked in your birthday suit and these are the people and these are the reasons and mm. if somebody asks you to or says anything of such you come directly to us you find an adult you do you know you have that conversation right. uh and it's scary to have to think about that we even just had it because our daughter had a sleepover and so we said okay here are the rules yeah. for the sleepover if if they have an older yeah. brother if there is a dad or an uncle in the home if anybody um moves you to a room where nobody else is and they say anything to you you go directly you find a phone and you call us mm. like you just and that's the world you live in right so yeah. it's like so you have to instruct them as such and you have these conversations and i you know every time we have it i do my best not to show any type of like worry or fear on my face i'm very matter of fact about it and then i die a little later when i'm not <sighs> having the conversation because it's these are your kids, right? So you have the pain. right. Well, you got to keep it together. Yeah, I I'm the opposite. I try to scare my kids into not doing things. <laughs> <laughs> I try to look as horrified as possible <sighs> so that they know. 
I'm not messing around. Yeah, well, there's a little of that too, I think. But 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 I but I agree, and I think that I think that maybe, and I don't know when you were in elementary school, how long ago that was, but scoliosis, yeah, scoliosis checks. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we never did that. Really, I remember no. they had you bend over and they like ran their fingers against your spine or something. Right. I yes. remember that, but nobody had. We didn't take any clothes off. It uh, was just right over the top of the shirt. It was like, okay, you're good. That what was kind it. of school did you go to? Well, I, nobody's asking me to take off my clothes at school. I don't know. So I'm. I think that that's a valid point, and I think we just. It's important. Th- this story proves how important it is that we talk to our kids. Yes, about very, very eye opening. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tara. Thank you so much, you guys. We appreciate you calling in and um, make sure to enter the contest for the podcast. Yay. I will. Thanks, ladies. All right. Bye. Bye. So. I forgot all about those tests. Yeah. We got checked for lice a lot. I got sent home for lice a lot. (laughs) We got. I was sent home once. Let's not even get into lice. My head's going to start. That's a four-letter word, baby. (laughs) But yeah, so I hope that the governor's uh, taking action on this and having the Board of Education go in and investigate that. I want to say to those girls and to those families, we believe you, we support you. Uh, and I also wanted to say to parents um, everywhere, talk to your kids about what is and what isn't appropriate, uh, whether it's school or not. But, you know, I'm, I want my daughter to be confident enough to say, no, I want to call my mom. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to my mom or my son. No, I'm going to call my mom. This doesn't sound like something even if because our kids are so worried they're going to get in trouble mm-hmm. and sent to the office. I'm so, very interested to see how this plays out. Yeah. So I'm going to keep following that and I'll give updates on it because I have been keeping tabs on this story since it came out. All right. So in parenting crap, I don't know if this has happened to you yet. If you've gotten into this. No, you've not. Oh, no. we got to talk about this. Okay. So Marie Kondo has been a tidier since the age of five. sounds ridiculous she began studying the art of tidying seriously around the age of 15 today she owns a business in tokyo where she uses her KonMari method to help people transform their homes into peaceful inspiring places it took uh, it took a lot of trial and error which she shared in her book and um you know there are plenty of ways that you can KonMari your life and your house and your space Mm um i people have gone crazy with this yeah crazy i heard about her a long 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 time ago like mm-hmm. she has a book yep. that really really helped people i think there was a documentary about her before mm-hmm. this netflix thing mm-hmm. um and i hear it's pretty incredible i watched i binged the entire season of tidying up Did in you? in like two nights and the entire time i found myself like i do anytime i'm watching a show like this i'm commenting on these people's lives like mm-hmm. oh my gosh get your life right what is wrong okay with so like the first couple when she walked in and their house looked like my dream house <sighs> and they're like we need help and it looks so amazing but i actually really love that couple because they like fought about real stuff do the you remember babe that couple yeah the- i made fun of them the whole time i'm like babe babe uh, babe that's babe. me and my husband babe but when they're like listen they were just arguing about real couple stuff. I totally they, got that. No, they did. And there wasn't a couple on there that I didn't fall in love with. I only the watched whole... the first half of one episode. Oh, my gosh. Me. No, I couldn't stop myself. I could. But here's the thing. People are going through and 
there have been reports of like men coming home and their wives have conmarried their home and they came home and they're like, all of my stuff is gone. <laughs> like she literally bagged up and got rid of all of my stuff. And she's like, well, now our life is right. And he's like, but I only have one pair of underpants. <laughs> so and people are writing about this and they're like, what? Why? Why would you get rid of everything? Uh, honey, where are the kids? Uh, I conmarried the house. Uh, I got rid of things that did not bring me joy. Right. So. so it's like, does this spark joy? No. I did that with my pile of bills. I threw them away. <laughs> I was like, this does not spark any joy for me. It actually brings me pain and angst. So I'm going to conmarry the hell out of that. It's going in the in the shredder. Ugh. So... Did the, does this really happen though? The wives do this with other husbands for permission? Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe it goes the other way too. But I no, but the guys. Do you it. don't think any guys are tidying? No, up? <laughs> I'd be shocked. Let's get some callers. <laughs> Seriously though, my husband he con married a bit while I was gone this weekend. I came home and the garage was clean, and he had wow. cleaned out his closet. Trying to get a beach. He sorry. Yeah, he was all right, and he did. Okay, <laughs> all right. But moving on. So here is ha- the, what the conmari method is. And this, these are the things that I don't understand about it. Okay. Because it says, number one, tidy all at once. So when I read this, it says, tidying a bit at, at a time never works. Things will get messy again quickly. All at once means you have to, like, you have to tidy up your entire house all at once. So how does anybody do that? Like, how do you tidy every room? Like, like what, three, four, five times a day? No, this makes no sense scientifically because we have two arms. I don't understand what they're saying. Well, but they're saying you can't have a project last six months. So when you tidy something, it has to be all at once. Like, to, what? I don't know. Tidy all at once. Number two, visualize your destination. Before you throw things away, visualize your ideal lifestyle. Do you want to be clutter free? Do you want to live like a goddess? Listen, I support this. I like this one. Yeah? I'm all about visu- visualization. Are you visualization. Gonna make a, are you going to make a, vi- a visualization board? <laughs> I always do. I have so many. Right, but are they now cluttered in a pile in your home? Possibly. Possibly. But I can see them. I visualize. And I'm a goddess. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I like this one. I do. Yeah, didn't you just win an Oscar? I I wasn't going to say it. Thank you for bringing it up. Well, you know. Identify why you want to live the way you envision. So... And I think a lot of the couples, if you actually went back and watched the shows, because I did watch them all, they all said, I... The clutter brings me stress, and I want to be able to control that part. Because we can't control all of the stress in our lives, but you can control how much clutter or crap you have in your home. Oh, yeah. So I think that could definitely help. Because yes. we, we, I'm a constant declutterer. Mm. Are I, you? Constantly. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Don't look at my desk. I don't mean in my office space. I mean <laughs> in other spaces and parts of my life. And nobody asked you, Dave. Okay. I'm the I'm opposite. I'm a hoarder. You're a hoarder. Uh, yeah. I grew up with like so little that I hold on to everything. Because I'm afraid and everything has sentimental value to me for some reason. So then number four, determine if it sparks joy. So like everything you have sparks joy. I mean, probably not, but it sparks something. You know what I mean? So you (laughs) feel like you have to keep it. Yeah, because I never know when I'm going to need my 10th grade homework assignment that I did in high school. Like, I don't know. I'm very sentimental. Like things mean something to me. Almost everything. Yeah, I don't have that. Uh, you're lucky. So I don't know if it's lucky. I, I'm I'm constantly being told I have a cold, dead heart. I, okay, I was but, glad you said it. But I do have, I have a box of baby stuff for my kids and I will give it to them when they grow up and they get the 
out of my house. Yeah. Like, and be like, here, look, I saved these things for you. I did not complete a baby book for all three of my children, but I have shoe boxes with pictures. That's great. So I'm ahead of the curve there. It is. But I just don't feel like there's a need to keep, like, especially with a bunch of kids, because it's like, mommy, I found this rock. It sparks me joy. And it's like, get this out of here, kid. Like, they bring in twigs and, like, wrappers from the Walmart parking lot. I keep those. Why would you do that? Because I don't know. I think because I've lost so much in my life that I don't want to lose anything else. You sparked something in my cold, dead heart. (laughs) But I think that you have to, at some point there has to be a medium, right? I can't just have twigs piling up in the corner of my room because my kids bring them to me. All the dead sunflowers that they've brought you. Bird's nests. Now it's just, it's, it, but now it's like, um, what's it called? Poopery? Poop, potpourri? Potpourri? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Potpourri? I don't know what it is called. Anyway. Yeah, I'm a weird, weird uh, Let's see what else. Um, you should tidy by category and not location. This also screwed with my brain because a lot of times I feel like there's a spot for stuff, but it wouldn't necessarily be like a category or whatever, or I don't know. So they're saying, it says in most households, items that fall into the same category are stored in different places. If you're tackling your clothing, then you have to get all of the clothing out of every drawer, every closet, everywhere. So you can't just tidy up one area. Like if you, a lot of these couples, which I thought was super weird, had closets in other rooms that they kept their clothes in. Mm. So, and I noticed it was because the woman had two full closets <gasps> full of their crap. And then the husband was told, leave, go to the other bedroom. <laughs> That's where your stuff stays. <laughs> under and, the kitchen sink right and i was like oh wow because that was foreign to me because i literally only own t-shirts mm. so i don't need that much space for right, clothing right. but i watched them pile all of their clothing onto the bed and then she made them literally go through each piece and it was like does this spark joy and then they would be like yes or no then if it was no you have to say thank you and then you give it away i understand the sparking the joy i don't understand the thinking yeah. C.A. Miljavik did a really funny video where she like held on to her pants. She's like, thank you for allowing me to twerk all yeah. those nights. <laughs> it was so funny. You did a video about twerk that too, or- didn't you? Yeah. I just walked around the house and just was like, this sparks me. Jo-. Like Nerf bullets do not spark me joy. Oh. And then I pretended to like throw them out. Right. But it's like, I couldn't really throw those away. My kids would be super ticked. <laughs> like, mom, I saw your video. What's right, up? Right. So, and then it just says tidy in the right order. Cause apparently the KonMari order goes clothing, books, paper, and then miscellaneous. And then it says discard before you put things back. And that's what I struggle with because like I have a crap collector in my house, the countertop in the kitchen Mm. and it piles up. And so what she's saying is when you go to put all of that back, if there's something on the counter that needs to be thrown away or donated, do that before you put things away, which I struggle with because I'll just start shoving it in drawers and like getting it out. So I'm not seeing it, Mm -hmm. but she's saying you have to go through the whole process again, which just is a lot. But I think by how popular this was. I'd like to hear if it changed anybody's life. If yeah. anybody did it like the way it's supposed to be done. And yeah, because I'm, my brain is very weird and the way and order that I have to do things is very particular. Yeah. And so I don't know if I could do it all at once. I'd get overwhelmed and be like, F well, let's, this. let's take a caller. Who's con married, who con married their husband right out of their house. No, <laughs> who's con married. And then, so back to what you were saying though, um, I think it's really hard for somebody who is very sentimental Mm -hmm. because I don't think being sentimental is a downfall whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sentimental. It's like, don't be sorry. That's a huge strength Mm -hmm. because you're empathetic and you're 
you know, you're, you're a very feeling person, but I think that's great. But at mm-hmm. the same time, really, what are you going to do with your 10th grade homework? Like, why do you need to keep like, let's just, it's a fire hazard yeah. at this point. But I think that struggle is something that M- Marie Kondo is saying you should, you have to go through it and then you have to piece, piece it out. Like there's this episode, you should, wa- you should watch this one. Cause this is kind of talks about the sympathy thing. The widow one, the widower. I'm scared to watch it. She going through her husband's clothes and his old, like his papers and effects, Mm -hmm. like watching her do that gutted me. Yeah. Number one, I was ticked because I thought to myself, they were right at retirement age when he passed away. Uh And now she's doing this all on her own. So she lives this whole life with him. And then she has to go, you know what I mean? But like, but then she was like, after she donated everything to, I think it was, it was a cancer a thrift shop that supports cancer research. Mm. So I think it was the American Cancer Society's thrift shop because her husband had cancer. See, that's nice. And she said she felt so much better after doing it, but she said going through it was really hard because she could remember him wearing all of these clothing. And do you know what I mean? And then I think I rolled over and I punched my husband (laughs) and I was like, get a physical boom, (laughs) get your life right. Boom. Like, I swear if you die before we retire, boom. And I was just angry at that point because I was thinking to myself, after we do all of this, you better not leave. You better not leave me at the Mm -hmm. time when we get to go do some, some fun things without kids. Yeah. At least do it when you're young enough to get like a hot guy. You know what I mean? Again, right? Yeah. Your husband. Because if you're too old, then it's like the pool is limited. (laughs) Right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Aubrey from North Carolina is here. She has two chickens. Oh, I was so confused. <laughs> Sorry. Two little chickens. Hi, Aubrey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you ladies doing? Good. Did you con Mari or are you against it or what? Okay. So uh, Tiffany mentioned she wanted to hear about, she didn't think husbands exist, existed who um, no. <laughs> were into the con Mari. Oh, okay. Well, he hasn't watched the entire thing. I summarized it for him and he was like, that is genius. Um, he is the organizer in our house. I am like the teenage slob. (laughs) So jealous. Wow. Uh, Well, you would think so, but I, I really do. I, I get, um, lectures when he gets home from long trips. He's in the military (laughs) and he's not trying to talk down. That's hard though. But he's like, yeah, yeah. He said, I organized this pantry before I left. Mm. Uh, you know, if you just put things back as you go, it's not going to be that, getting this bad. That I'm is like, my husband and I, not to interrupt you, but my <laughs> husband is, because here's the thing. I don't like clutter, so I will kind of pick up as we go and get things sorted, but he has to have everything in a specific spot. So the other day, yeah. while well, I was cleaning up the kitchen because my husband cooks, I clean. Um, before everybody gets all excited and is like, oh my God, your husband cooks, he eats food. So he can participate in the cooking. Uh, but I am I am blessed that he does it. But he is also blessed that I exist. So there. Um, but I was cleaning the kitchen. And I start putting the spices away. And he came back for something. And he opened it. And he goes, this spice doesn't go here. Mm-mm. And I was like, okay, sorry. And he's like, 
do you see the labels? Do you see how they face east to west? And I was like, you've lost your ever-loving damn mind. And he's like, the cumin goes over here next to the paprika, not over here next to the turmeric. And it's like, all right, I can't with my life right now. But I feel you on that. So some husbands are, and I'm sure some wives are that way. So I think that's just a personality trait. Okay, so tell us. Sorry. Tell us about how it's going. Um, well, he's about to deploy, so I told him not to bother. Oh! <laughs> Oh my! She was like, "Let me save you a step." Oh my gosh! I'm not gonna clean while you're gone. Well, that's so, I, that's so tough being a military spouse. Too. I yes, and I do, th- and and you know what? Thank you for your service. Thank you for your family service, your husband's service. Um, when oh, do you do you know when he'll be be back? Like, are these like they'll tell you you eight months, whatever? So it's short in military life. It's only four and a half months. Oh, great. So do um, it and so surprise him. Surprise him when he comes back and have the place con married. You know what I'm saying? Cute. Oh, never mind. You have two kids. Just kidding. Sorry. Well, so, I mean, I had an accident a couple of years ago and I've had 10 surgeries since then. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, and um, I don't have the time. I mean, with. I, I feel um, like that's a pretty good excuse too. Like, honey, do you not remember yeah. those ten effing surgeries? You clean it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Well, I cut my freaking thumb off, and oh my, God. literally, uh, <laughs> yeah, with a miter saw. Um, <gasps> I I make wood signs. I've been doing it like eight years. My hand just slipped, and it was gone. So we've been doing lots of reconstructive surgeries. So not only only am I missing, you know, my dominant left thumb. Um. Anyway. Yeah, you don't have to KonMari ever. You get a pass. Yeah. You're out. It's cool. Do it's I get cool. a pass? Okay, yeah, yeah cool. you're off yeah. the hook. You're fine. All right. Well, okay. We, we, so when he... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we do appreciate you giving another si- another perspective of it, because I do think that people most of the time think it's the woman trying to KonMari the man, but I think it's totally a personality thing, like your husband or mine. True. Yeah. Oh, we lost her. Oh, we love you so much, Aubrey. Well, thank you, Aubrey. Sorry about that. Something happened. I heard her. I heard it going in and out, so we just missed it a little. Oh, bit. I can't imagine having to parent and missing a thumb and having my husband leave. Like going through the process of surgeries. And- uh, military families yeah. amaze me at I what agree. they can at what they can handle and do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we. Tr- truly thank you for your for your service and uh and we need to appreciate the fact that our men are here all the time even if like they're not here here you know what i mean like, i do they're useless I'm-, <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> but for real well there's that okay i'm just kidding i love you <laughs> all right love and marriage is brought to you by meredith and tiffany because we're spectacular wives Yes, and if you, like me, need a reminder on how much you love your children, you can grab a I Love My Children t-shirt at that'sinappropriate.com and other great swag. And if you are live right now, you can see it. Soup's cute. What? Oh, hold on. Oh. That was a chest pop for you, but like it does. That. It says, "I love my children. I love my children." And you can um you can get this <gasps> t-shirt. It's unisex. Why are you smiling? I'm so excited. I just read the section intro. Yeah, this is a good story coming up. I love Shanti. Yeah, yeah, me too. So much. Me too, me too. So go ahead. Why don't you tell us, why don't you tell us why we love Shanti? Well, well, okay. Other reasons too. Yeah. (laughs) Fitness guru Shanti and husband Scott 
Blocker became the first same-sex couple featured on Parents Magazine this month, a milestone that left conservative group One Million Moms outraged. Yeah, so they were on the on the uh, cover of this magazine. Do they have a kid now? <laughs> they have twins. <sighs> Super cute twins. Uh, but this One Million Moms group, which, by the way, has been labeled a hate group, uh, has basically tried to say that Parents Magazine is pushing a, a homosexual parenting agenda. Mm. Um, luckily, this story didn't overshadow what they were actually talking about in that magazine article, which when I went and read it was fantastic. Mm. Uh, they basically talked about um, how much their lives changed after their twins came. And this quote was, um, the, the cover features Shanti and Blocker with their 13-month-old twins, Sander and Silas. Mm. They were born at 32 weeks, and the couple discussed how their relationship and lives changed within the first year of becoming parents. Sean says, it was terrible. We got into more fights than we had ever been in our entire, in our entire relationship in that first year. I love how it says, it was terrible, Shanti jokingly told the magazine. He was not joking. No. There was no, no joke. No. <laughs> he even said, I questioned whether we'd ruined our marriage by having kids. Mm. But it wasn't the kids. It's just the whole. So what I wanted to do in this one was kind of have a conversation about what during that first year after having a baby, mm. what was the biggest shift or biggest fight or biggest issue in your marriage? Because. A lot of things are going on mm-hmm. when you become a mom or he, you know, he becomes a dad and then you're not just, you're not, you're, you're parenting together. You're not just married. Right. So what was like the biggest thing for you guys? Um, I had resentment towards him cause I felt like he didn't love the baby as much as I did, which in turn meant he didn't love me as much because if he loved us, he would want to pick, you know, him up and rock him in the middle of the night and feed him and change his diaper. But because he didn't express any interest in that and I had to constantly ask him, I was always like, well, he doesn't love us. He doesn't even want us because if he did, he'd want to do this. And like I was super hormonal. I had stuff like leaking out of everywhere. And I felt like a whale while he just got to go to work. You know what I mean? And so I think resentment and unfair fairness in my eyes was the biggest fight for us i I think that's that's probably in the top three things i would say resentment is huge Mm -hmm. because we don't once again you can only you only see your own perspective as you're going through this right Mm -hmm. it's like what i can see through my own eyes and i know that i as well felt like his life didn't skip a beat yeah exactly and then I was kind of there like, oh, I'm, I'm, I have to keep doing this. Yes. And my firstborn was colicky <sighs> and, uh, didn't know it at the time. Didn't know it until he was six months old, but he had acid reflux. And so I would feed him and feed him and feed him and feed him and he'd projectile vomit everything he would eat and then he would cry. So I'd feed him again and again and again and he'd do it over and over again. <laughs> and so for the first six months I didn't sleep. Yeah. And I think sleep deprivation oh, yeah. causes a lot of this. Yeah. So. Agreed. Oh, I was just reminiscing. I- yeah. Well, let's take a caller. What was the biggest fight you had after having a baby? But I think sleep deprivation can, can cause us to do so many different things. Can I tell you something also while we're waiting yeah. for a caller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When somebody gave me a piece of advice that, in my opinion, like changed everything for me during that time. 
Um, and it was actually surprisingly in a mom group. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, let him be a dad. And I didn't understand what the heck that meant. But then when I looked back and reevaluated my behavior, I realized that I'm complaining about why he never touches the baby or picks the baby up or interacts. And then while evaluating my own behavior, I realized that every time he did, I would criticize or correct him on the way he was doing it. He doesn't like that. You're doing that wrong. Pull the diaper tighter. You need to feed him like this. So it got to a point where he didn't want to touch the baby because he was afraid he'd be lectured by me. Right. And so that made so much sense. So once I started biting my tongue and letting him figure it out himself, he was more interested in um, interacting with the baby. I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably a lot of women feel that exact way. And we do that because I think we just, this maternal instinct kind of takes over and we're like, I birthed this young and now you must do everything that I say if you're going to interact or touch this young. Right. And I think it's normal to have that. And then I think as we back off a bit and as we kind of figure things out as, you know, as we go, Mm because there is no, um, there's no manual. (laughs) There's no instruction manual. All right. Who do we We have? We got Ainsley from Texas with three kiddos. Hey girl. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have made it through. Oh, yay. yay. We're happy to have you. Texas. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Sorry. So what was your biggest fight, issue, cause, resentment thingy after kids? So um, kind of like y'all's previous caller, when we first had kids, um, my husband was in the military. And it was kind of crazy. We had... One kid, and I think he was three months old, and he went on deployment. And then we had our second child, and three months later, he went on deployment. (laughs) Um, So I had my mother-in-law with me, thank God, because she's a godsend. She was like the perfect spouse that wasn't my spouse. Oh, wow. That's so great to hear that, that somebody likes their mother-in-law. That's awesome. No, I mean that in a great way. way. It's a lot of times you hear there are issues with in-laws, but I think it's great that she was, that she's so wonderful and she did a good job while he was gone. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Was that funny? I just feel like maybe there's, never mind. Keep going. Well, I mean, she was, she was just, it was like perfect balance. It was crazy. If I needed something, if she needed something, if my kids needed something, there was always someone who was ready and willing to take care of it. When my husband came back from deployment, <laughs> that's when things got really crazy because I had this whole kind of perfect thing going on and he'd been living by himself, so to speak, and taking care of his own needs. And then he's thrown back into the mix where he's got three other people who suddenly need him and have needs. And I have this balance that I've had, and I'm expecting the exact same thing from him. Right. Not really rationally, but that's what I expect now. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just a, like a volcano. It was an explosion. There were fights every day. Yeah. And it stemmed from a place we, of like resentment because he wasn't doing what your mother-in-law had been doing like you expected. And so... it's Well, she just knew what to do, and I just thought he would know what to do. Ooh. So, <laughs> but it wasn't an option for her to like keep hanging around and maybe train <laughs> maybe him. Maybe kick him out and just <laughs> well, I keep just her. Mean maybe like, be she, like, hey. 
she wanted to give us our space and we thought that, you know, we didn't even think about that. That wasn't a thought in our mind. It took a lot of time to have to create any type of balance. And I want to say it's the past two years, seven years in that we finally have figured out a balance. Yeah. And it's got to be tough for him too. Um, to come back oh, and like yeah. suddenly be a dad, like, okay, what am I supposed to do? You know what I well, mean? Well, and he didn't really even experience being a dad of two because he left when the baby was three months. Exactly. So then he comes back into this household of like, oh, now there's a, a way to- things happen. And it was probably two toddlers, <laughs> right? So yeah, like, it was ah. two toddlers and he, uh, you know, there was resentment for him because they didn't know him and they didn't really want him all the time. Mm. And I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah, that was really hard. Oh, my God. It was very hard. Well, you guys are the real MVPs. Like we said, military families, the women who or men who hold it down while their spouse is deployed, the, the, the people who are deployed who have to be away from their family and then come back together and try to figure out how to make it work. I'm so glad you guys started figuring it out and you've got like a system going. I think and is he home now uh, for good? or? Does- um, yeah, he got out in 2015. We moved back to Texas. We've been here since then. He's working a job. I've been going off and on because we did have a third child, and he's super psyched to be here through all of his learning stages. Mm. Oh, love it. And it, yeah, it's so much better, but it's, it took so much work, and there were so many fights, and there was so much screaming, and I don't, I can't pinpoint any specific fight because it was like every single day. Right, And I had the resentment, you know, from him not knowing what to do. I had the anger from being at home all the time and him not seeing my needs. And he had the anger of me not having his needs met. And it was just, it's like every marriage. It was just felt like it was magnified. Right. Pro- yeah, I would assume it was. Well, I, I, we really appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Thank you so much. And bless your heart. Well, thank you. You're from Texas. Bless your heart. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's an yeah. insult. I mean it in a positive way. Okay. Bless your heart. You know, well, that was... bless your well, heart. Well, thank you all so much. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. And then eventually we have to dedicate some time to talk about these one million moms situation. Like we don't have to talk about that today, but uh, why are they so angry? What is the problem? I they, need to do some research. It's a conservative women's group who um, has been classified as a hate group by the Southern Southern Poverty Law uh, Law Center, and they um, okay. they like to spew the hate. So <laughs> to them. Sorry. That scared me. So Sorry. Bad. That was just a toot noise. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> all right. Don't forget to enter our co-host contest this season for your opportunity to remotely co-host the season finale with us, as well as receive some awesome Grove Collaborative and FabFitFun prize packs. It's easy to enter our co-host contest. Just download the podcast every week and listen for the secret code word through the first 15 episodes. Text the secret code word, then reply with your email address and like Filter Free Parents on Facebook. You have seven days after the episode is released to enter. Every week is a new chance to enter. Every time you enter is another chance to win. All of the contest rules can be found at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. This episode's code word is POPSICLE. From the U.S., text POPSICLE to 44222 for your chance to win. From Canada, text POPSICLE to 1587800423 for your chance to win. <clears throat> All of the contest rules can be found at podcast take it or leave it dot com. 
Join us next week for another episode of Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms who who have have no idea idea what we're we're doing. doing. Good job on that one. Thank you. I felt really good about it. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us, guys.